Welcome back to New World Next Week for 2024. From the wintry climes of frozen Japan, where I am desperately clinging on to my Christmas sweater and my Christmas beard in the vain hope that it must be Christmas in some weird Eastern Orthodox tradition or other, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I am James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. We will be present everywhere in a way the country has never seen before. We have got that story, plus artificial musical intelligence, but our first story in 2024 begins with the Epstein list. Full list of names revealed in unsealed court records so far from the Independent. Of course, Randy, Andy, Prince Andrew, and Bill Clinton are among the more than 100 people named in newly disclosed legal documents linked to the deceased pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. The disclosure of the first batch of court files include the names of victims, friends, associates of the sex offender, and Ghislaine Maxwell, although many others will have no direct link to Epstein. The millionaire financier who socialized with royalty and celebrities accused of running a large network of underage girls for sex. While awaiting trial, he didn't kill himself. In his jail cell in 2019, legal documents relate to a defamation lawsuit brought against Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015 and were published under a judge's orders last Wednesday. Second tranche of documents released the day later didn't shed much new light on the case and included many of the names we've already all seen. It is a lot of the usual suspects, like Kevin Spacey. Further documents on sale on Friday were being reviewed by The Independent. Being named in these documents does not indicate any wrongdoing related to Epstein or anyone else. The list included many of Epstein's accusers and alleged victims, as well as people with only tangential connections to Epstein who were pulled into the lawsuit against Maxwell. Prince Andrew appears prominently with the documents mentioning a previously reported accusation that he groped Joanna Sjoberg, which he denies, of course. Former U.S. President Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are also named with neither accused of wrongdoing. Judges, court staff, legal... I was looking at the list. I was like, who are all these people? Judges, court staff, and legal representatives, which the independent misspelled, are not included. In espionage jargon, and you may have heard us use these phrases, a modified limited hangout is a strategy used to conceal a more serious wrong while the media and prosecutors are investigating related crimes. It was coined by Nixon and his aides in 1973, but they got it from the CIA's limited hangout, which describes a half-truth. It's used when a veil of secrecy or a phony cover story to misinform the public is no longer reliable and the spy trade, spycraft, tradecraft, resorts to admitting some of the truth while still managing to withhold the damaging facts in this case. So James, how, how modified is this limited hangout? Yeah, good question. And I think we can get the clue from that, even from what you were reading there in that article, if you can read between the lines or even if people can read plain English anymore. They say this is about the 2015 defamation case against Glenn Maxwell. This has nothing to do with whatever was or wasn't stolen and seized and memory hold by the FBI and the deep staters in 2019 during the whole Epstein arrest didn't kill himself saga. Um, so this has nothing to do with the actual blackmail tapes and whatever, any of the actual real evidence that may exist of some of the crimes that were being blackmailed for Mossad and CIA and deep state purposes. Uh, so right there, that should tell you something. But 
you know, oh, okay, so the the hard-hitting news suddenly jumps all over this client list, which isn't a client list, but was reported pretty much universally, even in a lot of the independent media that I saw, as, oh, the Epstein client list is about to be released. No, no, this has nothing to do with that. But don't worry, the uh, mainstream media, the dino media, will jump all over this. So you can turn, for example, to the Daily Fail for the latest on Trump and Epstein, namely Donald Trump named in latest Epstein documents. Or you can turn to the New York Post, the uh, the fake right for the, the alternative to that. Bill Clinton to be unmasked as Doe 36 and identified more than 50 times in Jeffrey Epstein doc dump. Why I never. You can turn back to the Daily Fail for Prince Andrew is reported to police over Epstein files, of course. And you can turn to the Hindustan and times, why not, for the interesting follow-up on King Charles and Prince Andrew, namely King Charles to withdraw Prince Andrew's security funding over Jeffrey Epstein list. Okay, alright, uh, how about LAMag.com? Jeffrey Epstein's fixer's office burglarized hours before document dump. Wow, that, that must be interesting. And New York Post again, why not? Mysterious model-turned-pilot Nadia Marcinko Epstein's global girl hasn't been seen since document reveal. Okay, so there's all sorts of different angles on this that we could take, but the real, the real hard-hitting one comes from our friends at National Petroleum Radio with the new Jeffrey Epstein files have set off a fresh round of conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. You remember when, uh, what was it, and Andrew Mackay or Cop- Mackay Copper or whatever his name was, uh, over at the Atlantic opined in 2019 that the worst part of this Epstein case, you know, this this international sex slave underage raping children with the uh, blackmail of uh, politicians, the worst part of this case is it gives grist to the conspiracy theorist mill. Oh, no. Well, Propaganda Watch remembers that. And if you don't, I'll put that in the show notes so that you can take a look at that. Um, but weirdly enough, if you want to start getting at some of the real, actual part of the Epstein story that will never be rep- reported on by any of these mainstream clowns, well, you're going to have to turn to the Daily Star, that hard-hitting journalist outlet, which I will note is, I think, the second time in in a row that I have referred to the Daily Star and its crack reporting, obviously sarcastically, but hey, at any rate, they at least bring it up in a headline. Inside Jeffrey Epstein's superhumans plot behind wild Stephen Hawking orgies claim. Yeah, anyway, people can look into the whole Stephen Hawking side of this and what have you, but at the very least, the Daily Star tabloid trash nonsense is talking about, I think, one of the neglected aspects of the Jeffrey Epstein story that is never going to be talked about in the dinosaur media. One is about the financial crimes and the financial cover-up. And if people want more about that, they can read the ridiculously, incredibly, voluminously, mind-bogglingly, densely detailed work of Whitney Webb on One Nation Under Blackmail. And, of course, as I've alluded to several times, Wall Street on Parade, talking about the J.P. Morgan Epstein connections and documenting that. But the other angle of this is this wild superhumans, eugenics, genetic modification thing that Epstein was all over. And it's just one example of that. Just one peek into the door of that. We could turn back to some 2020 reporting from CBS of all places. Jeffrey Epstein frequented Harvard, had own office, report finds, which notes that, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein had an office at Harvard, Office 610, which in Harvard Square, 
despite the fact that he had no actual formal affiliation with Harvard, and in fact, Harvard was trying to cover this up, but he had his own office because he had donated millions of dollars to something called the Program for Evolutionary Dynamics, which was all part of this eugenical transhumanist plot that Epstein was involved in, and it it goes so weird and so crazy so quickly. But who's reporting on this aspect of what whatever happened or didn't happen there? Oh, right, no one. So I guess guess I'm going to have to do so, and I will do so exactly uh, when I get some time after all of the other things that I'm working on right now. But there's a huge aspect to this story that I I just don't see anyone really digging their teeth into, so I, I guess I'll do it. But James, hats off to you. I think you get the prize for digging out that Kevin Spacey usual suspects gag. I think that is <laughs> that's a brilliant one. Did you say program for evolutionary what dynamics? Dynamics, yeah. Dynamics, and what's the acronym for that? <laughs> <laughs> the Program for Evolutionary Dynamics Office, or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't make this stuff up. Didn't we also, in this pile, don't we also, we also learned that Vanity Fair basically were leaned on and threatened to stop investigating Epstein, and moments before this latest big document dump came, Vanity Fair had published something about, it's going to be a big bunch of nothing, and only crazy conspiracy theorists are into that. Interesting, interesting stuff. And that's how we get going on New World Next Week, episode 540, our first episode for 2024. Our second story, Germany's farmers fighting back against green tyranny. James, feels like these these types of stories are becoming fairly regular. German farmers have begun a week of nationwide demonstrations blocking roads with tractors in protest against government plans to phase out agricultural subsidies. As president of the German Farmers Association put it last month, we will be present everywhere in a way the country has never seen before. And the farmers are not alone. Lorry drivers, hauliers, tradespeople have joined in the protests. The current wave of unrest prompted back in December when the German government announced plans to abolish tax breaks on agricultural diesel and introduce new taxes on farm vehicles, a move which would cost farmers on average 4,000 euros a year. The swift and organized response of the farmers has already frightened the state. On 4 January, it tried to backtrack. I mean, you'll see some of this. No, no, they already they, they aren't going to do this. You conspiracy protesters are crazy. It already tried to backtrack by announcing that subsidies for new farm vehicles would remain and that tax breaks on diesel would be phased out gradually over the course of the next few years rather than suddenly. These moves have not assuaged farmers' anger. They insist that the future viability of our industry is at stake. And so farmers remain committed to this week of action. It was naive of the government to believe that its half-hearted compromise would ever appease the farmers. This conflict goes much deeper than a fight over taxes and subsidies. It's about farmers' long-standing resentment of the green agenda that's been pursued by successive governments. It's no exaggeration to say that the future of farming is at stake. In a post-human world where they don't want you to have any jobs, they just want you to eat their lab-grown goop and they'll, you know, drone you in some defibrillators when you cack out. In the space of just two decades, countless farms have already had to close. The number of farms in Germany during this period has almost been cut in half, from nearly 450,000 in 2001 
to 256,000 in 2022. Instead of addressing problems afflicting the agricultural sector, the government, backed by green-leaning media, has tried to discredit the protesting farmers. It is regularly claimed that the strikes are being exploited by populists and the right-wing alternative for Germany. Like this article from Clean Energy Wire does, German farmers kick off protest week against diesel subsidy cuts amid worries far right is hijacking the calls. I will include a couple of other normie news links, Euronews and Sky. German farmers' protest brings traffic to a standstill nationwide as tractors block roads as German farmers protest over diesel tax. James, are we all German farmers now? I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm, I'm Spartacus. Spartacus. I'm a German farmer. Yes. Yes, we are. And yes, thank you for bringing that up for people who don't get the reference. I wrote a pair of uh, uh, editorials in the summer of 2022. We're all Dutch farmers now, and we're all Sri Lankan farmers now, because as exactly as you indicate in that report, yes, there is, uh, I think this is not just about German farmers. This is about really everyone all over the world. And it's increasingly um, certainly not about a particular tax policy of the German government. This is about the the Green Reaper agenda of neo-feudal um, slavery that is being imposed on people worldwide. And I think the farmers are on the thin edge of that wedge. They are the ones feeling the pinch first. So it's not surprising that we're starting to see all these farm protest movements. And it was also incredibly interesting to see that uh, truckers were chipping in with this protest, as it were, because once again, truckers, farmers, the blue-collar workers who are the frontline heroes when it suits propaganda purposes during scandemics um, and suddenly become vilified when, oh no, you can't protest against the government. That's that's a weird populist far-right whatever label we're going to slap on you to, to basically make it so you can never protest anything the government does. Um, yes, we are all German farmers now. Sure, why not? At the very least, we all should be, because... Yeah. Okay. The the protesting a tax break, whatever, blah, blah, blah. People have so much baggage and association with those types of terms or whatever. But essentially, the government is thefting all of this money from the farmers and everyone else. And, oh, they're going to theft a little bit more this next year. And so they protested about it. Imagine if that became a widespread movement, movement, not specifically about tax breaks on diesel for farming vehicles, but about I don't know, theft in general and government theft. And if people started to think, you know, why is the government thefting all this money from me every year? And then, oops, gifting it to the Ukraine. Oops, we, uh, banker, uh, uh, what, what's that community chess card? Banker error in your favor, get $6 billion, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's nonsense. And we should be protesting this. And yes, the idea that the German government is going to placate these protests by, okay, guys, sorry, we... We'll, we'll slow roll this out over a period of several months. That'll make it better, right? So that you have time to adjust and get ready for it and, and deal with the bureaucratic red tape. Um, at any rate, in, in a sense, maybe it's a good thing that these politicians are so stupid that they think that might actually work, that they are so completely misreading the moment that they do not understand what this protest is about and what's really happening. But oh, something tells me that reality will start catching up with them in the not-too-distant future. And that depends on all of us. Are we German farmers or are we not? Your discussion about throwing money around and making it rain. James, have you seen how much money the U.S. government is donating for the Japanese earthquakes? $100,000. Wow. 
Sorry, we sorry we had to give those other trillions to Zionist genocide. A hunt uh, that pretty much stopped me in my tracks this morning when I was covering it on Morning Monarchy. So yeah, here we are again. Truckers and baseball players more punk than Jello and Tool in related news. Rage Against the Machine broke up. <laughs> your wild I know your wild card third and final story this week on New World Next Week episode 540 an epic one everyone's suing over AI text and pics but music we ain't seen nothing yet Generative AI models are most known for knocking out text and pictures, but they're also getting some way with audio. Music, particularly tricky. Arguably, as humans, we can be relatively forgiving for imagery and some weird forms of machine-generated writing, but maybe not so much with audio. People can be picky about the sounds they listen to, perhaps not picky enough. That's not the only difficulty facing AI-made music. There's also pesky copyright law, where artificial intelligence in general is starting to run more and more into across all forms of media. Huge amounts of data are required to train these systems to reproduce common patterns and behaviors. Huge amounts of energy being spent on stealing the real and selling you back the fake Drake. Startups and big tech alike have scraped huge swaths of the internet, news publishers, web forums, books, picture sharing sites, and more for content, yet they're being more careful when it comes to using music. Record labels are notoriously, fiercely litigious. Last year, a bunch of music publishers led by Universal Music Group, the largest media conglomerate in the universe, sued AI upstart Anthropic in October, accusing it of stealing lyrics, and that's only the words. We all know what happens when samples or what sounds like samples are used in tracks without permission, lawsuits are filed, and royalties demanded. If you're making music and basing it off of other people's work, you need to get that copyright cleared. Imagine the trouble machine learning developers will land themselves in if they scrape copywritten music and create chart-topping hits that contain familiar elements, much like most AI content can be kind of traced back to, to that training data, and if they do that without permission. The track Heart on My Sleeve, which was generated using AI and copied the voices and musical style of Canadian rapper Drake and Canadian musician The Weeknd, was made by a mysterious producer known as Ghost Writer and went viral. I will include a link to it on YouTube. You're all welcome. I, I gave it my first listen. It sounds exactly like Drizzy, which when you're already kind of an auto-tuned automaton, maybe it's not that hard. And that maybe is the part that hit me. Maybe that's why this is the song that that they went for with the AI use, because he already sounds like a robot. I don't think it sounds anything like The Weeknd, though. UMG promptly stepped up again, demanding that be removed from streaming platforms. It is there on YouTube. I think the, the sort of the initial furor and, and flurry of takedown notices have kind of subsided. Some AI developers wary of legal battles with record labels may even decide to train their models on music they've created themselves. Oh my gosh, imagine that. Something they made themselves or commissioned or have the permission to do so. And it'll be interesting to see how those neural networks output compares to that of networks trained on a wider set of audio that may or may not have been harvested lawfully. Generally speaking though, AI makers believe training their models on copyrighted material is fair use. They also argue the output of large language models are transformative, meaning they add something new and aren't a direct copy or, or, or substitute of original works. My morning show cover art all this week celebrates the recent public domaining of Steamboat Willie. 
powerful models capable of creating coherent content, increasingly being accused of plagiarizing intellectual property. Lawsuit filed by the New York Times claiming OpenAI's ChatGPT can, among other things, recall passages of news articles verbatim, giving people an easy way to bypass New York Times paywalls, like archive.is. It's likely record labels won't have to prove copyright infringement as explicitly as other publishers have done for text and images. Musicians and their labels have sued the pants off of each other for way less blatant ripoffs after all. A similar chord progression or guitar riff or brief sample is enough to launch a court case. Blurred lines, anyone? Where does this leave AI music generation? The threat of lawsuits means those working to build models capable of generating music must have deep pockets to fend off music publishers or compensate artists for explicit permission to use their work. Google, for example, that's kind of smart actually, actually negotiated licensing agreements with a select group of singers and rappers to train its Lyria AI model. And really, like I've said before, they can take the money and run and cash out now, or they can wait around acting like they have integrity and end up getting nothing. I talked about it last summer on New World Next Week. Holly Weird goes on body scan strike, the whole Hollywood strike, kind of seemingly swirling around the use of AI. And of course, money increases. So do the, I mean, James, do the flesh and blood slebs realize AI stars will be easier to handle? They'll hardly ever be exposed as pedos. So this whole Google thing introduces other issues. It's fair that copyright laws, is it fair? That copyright laws impede smaller startups competing against big tech? David and Goliath. How can musicians and developers, large and small, work together to advance AI ethically? And if synthetic music does take off someday, will it be commercially viable considering copywriting AI content is a legal gray area that has yet to be resolved? That sentence should end in a question mark and not a period. And then the register.com has the little circle R registered trademark symbol at the end of that article that I just read for you. Interesting related, James. Musician Dustin Ballard uses AI to make famous artists cover each other's songs. And yes, more on that developing story. New York Times sues OpenAI and Microsoft for using millions of articles to train language models for chatbots. And so OpenAI strikes back saying New York Times manipulated ChatGPT in their copyright feud. So maybe, maybe they'll destroy each other. Hey, I like synthetic music. I like synthetic music made by geniuses like Richard D. James or Boards of Canada for decades. But this just is another way. It's like, I'm not putting on your AR goggles, man. All these golly whiz, G-whiz, bullcrap, bells and whistles. It's gimmicky hype trying to continually hide the fact that real talent and real art generally lies outside of their corporate gates. James, does that kind of count as a little bit of our fake Drake discussion? I think it does, and you raise a lot of interesting points there. One of which is that I, I call me a conspiracy theorist, but I really do think that the whole auto tune, like leaning into auto tune as part of the sound of songs that was started to come up in the mid two thousands, I really do think that was seeded into the industry as part of the preparation for the transhumanist moment that we're about to live through. So uh, you're right. Yeah. When you have AI that sounds exactly like this guy that was trying to sound like robots in the first place, <laughs> you know, it, it gets, it gets one of those weird art mir mirroring reality, mirroring art kind of things. But at any rate, um, there's a lot of interesting things in here and my mind goes in a few different directions. One of which is that I take no, no satisfaction in the fact that my trend for 2024 from new world next year, 2024 is, 
is already we're already seeing the beginning of it. If this was a big movie about the deepfake selection of 2024, this would be the opening scene, right? Yeah, hey, music and these weird AI things. And oh, by the way, hey, did you see that new Trump video? Did you see that new button? Anyway, we all know where this is going, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, the, look at the, all the possibilities that this technology opens up. And as I know you were referring to on Morning Monarchy earlier this week, how about TrueSync, flawless AI that that Venusian projector wrote you about? Yay, yeah, like well, now we can dub ourselves in any language and get the uh, the AI to automatically make our lips sync up with the whatever language you want to dub us into. Yay, this will be a great tool for independent media to use, right, guys? Hmm, what could go wrong? <laughs> Although I know I am much more on board with uh, Jandor or whatever. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. The guy who wrote you um, about the the possible the possibility, the likelihood that at some point, yeah, they're gonna start nixing people like me and you off of all these platforms and replacing us with the AI generated synthetic substitute. And who knows? It it looks just like James. It sounds just like James. He says different things these days. But hey, it must be James, right? Hmm. Interesting. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bad ways that this can go. And people are starting to see it. And anyway, whatever. I think there's so much on the plate here, but I think we should at least formally add it to the record since I know both you and me, we've both talked about this in our respective platforms and together for many years, the the copyright legislation extension acts that the U.S. Congress passes every few years when Mickey Mouse is about to become public domain, to the extent that we always call it the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Well, finally, as people may or may not have seen, yes, Mickey Mouse, or at least Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse, is now public domain. So I'll put in a good fee, fee.org uh, article on the mouse is free, st Steamboat Willie and intellectual property, just to put that formally on the record. Yay! Anyway, if people aren't checking out Morning Monarchy every day and the uh, the new um, uh, cover art that you're doing with the uh, the Steamboat Willie parodies, they should be. And uh, specifically, the one that I'm referring to was the January 9th um, edition where you were talking about these wonderful AI tools that are coming on board for independent media to take take a, to our own advantage, right? Hmm. And so maybe that's what it'll be. The AI selection, maybe it will be. Alex Jones went on and said all these weird, you know, they could just, da 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 da. Oh man, I saw Media Monarchy say, tomorrow we go into the Capitol. Ay, ay, ay. There's the new world next week, Sai. Your first of 2024 in closing. I just, just very couple hours ago, we got in the new brick of False Flags, the secret history of. And those are going to be on the new world next week store. Um, but we need to do a little work under the hood. Um, it's having some, again, as we've said many times, we're not run, we've not run a store for a very long time. We might need to change the theme on the store that's hampering some of the other updates, blah, blah, blah. We might have to put the store on a little bit of a hiatus. You'll know because it'll say temporarily closed should only probably be next week. And hopefully by that time we'll get in more USBs and we'll have those bundles ready to go. Just, yeah, a little, little bit of work under the hood in other news. Yes, Corbett is safe and sound from the earthquake. You can stop emailing me about it now. You guys, if Corbett dies, I swear I will let you know. 
So what I ended up doing, I mean, James, it was a week of emails coming from people. I ended up just basically trying to convert them. Yes, Corbett's fine, but if you listen to my music show, it's, it's worked out. It's worked out with a couple of them. So, yeah, have, have you heard my music show or my news shows? I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. And I played this exclusive first-run audio of New World next week after my Thursday morning monarchies. And there it is. First new episode in the can for 2024. That was New World Next Week, episode 540. James, wrap it up, B. Sure thing, dog. Um, I just want to uh, to correct our error from New World Next Year 2024. We didn't realize till we stopped recording that we completely forgot to thank our third Beatle, Brock West, the man who makes us look good. And so... Sorry, Brock. Sorry for doing that. We, we, of course, we love and appreciate Brock and what he brings and the story ideas he brings to this and the editing that he does. So thank you to Brock. And everybody, please give your thanks to Brock for the work that he does on this. Anyway, thanks, Brock, for being there every week. And thanks to all of you guys out there for being there every week. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to being here in 2024, whatever may come. On that note, James, thanks for the story. See you again. Thanks so much, man. Take care.